So this morning we're going to look at what Mark teaches us about our Lord's use of the Old Testament. You know, it's an interesting subject at the moment because it's going to be very much our subject tomorrow evening in the Bible study. We're not going to look at how the Lord used the Old Testament tomorrow evening, but we're going to look at how Paul used it. And we're going to see that Paul used a whole swathe of the Old Testament in just one chapter. Well, we're going to be looking at some of the things that our Lord Jesus Christ tells us about the Old Testament. You know, often as we study the Old Testament, there are things we don't understand. And there are also things that go on in the Old Testament that we don't understand either. And sometimes we don't get an understanding of things until we read the Old Testament very carefully. Possibly, I would suggest, through the eyes of our Lord Jesus. And we get an idea here of how our Lord thought about the Old Testament and what he says to you and me uh, as we read it. Now, I've put up there on the screen the quotations that the Lord Jesus Christ makes that are specifically related to the Old Testament. You'll be pleased to know I don't intend to go through the wall and look at all the context of them. But I just want to bring a few important things to you. What we do observe when we think about... With help, I switched it on. What we do observe when we read through what Mark tells us is that when Jesus spoke about the Old Testament, there was never, ever a time when he indicated that he did not believe it. Whatever the Old Testament said, the Lord Jesus Christ confirmed as being true. And that's over and over again particularly in the Gospels. Some of the most controversial issues, such as Jonah and the whale, are confirmed by your Lord and mine. Creation is confirmed by your Lord and mine. But that's not what we're going to be looking at this morning. You know, Jesus quoted from Old Testament scripture and he relied on it to support what he was saying and I want to say to you that the first lesson that we really need to pick up is that's how we should deal with the Old Testament it should give us confidence it is God's record just as much as the New Testament is God's record. And it's only by reading all the scriptures that you and I will get to understand things as God wants us to understand things. You know, it's very interesting. On the road to Emmaus, when the Lord Jesus Christ was speaking to those two people, he used all the scriptures to explain that he was the Christ. I 
little doubt, he started right at the beginning of Genesis and explained that what God had said there when he said that the serpent's head would be bruised, that in fact he was the one who was bruising the servant, serpent's head. So we're going to look at a couple of things and uh, we're going to look at one of the things that the Lord Jesus, where the Lord Jesus Christ makes some statements about how we need to deal with scripture. So here's Mark chapter 2 verse 23. One Sabbath day as Jesus was walking through some grain fields his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, look why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, haven't you ever read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry. He went into the house of God during the days when Abiathar was the high priest. He broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. The Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. So, what have we got here? <coughs> well, the Pharisees are challenging Jesus. And you will notice the challenge is over how the Sabbath should be interpreted. I actually find it very interesting what the Lord didn't do in this passage because it was actually biblical to go through the cornfield and to break off ears of corn and prepare them for eating. The Jewish people were given permission to do that and when that permission was given in the laws of the Old Testament, nowhere does it say they couldn't do it on the Sabbath day. But the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't actually do that. What the Lord Jesus Christ does is he faces the challenge. And he faces the challenge by saying to them, listen, you need to understand what the Sabbath was actually for. The Sabbath was to bless people. The Sabbath was not put in place to shackle people. Oh yes, God wanted his people to rest. Sometimes I think we could, should learn the lesson that there are times when we should be taking a break, that we should be resting whether we can do it for a whole day i don't know or whether we should do a bit one day and a bit another is another matter but no what the lord jesus christ was saying is listen when you are making decisions about issues you need to think what the purpose of that issue is you know there have been all kinds of 
rules and regulations. I remember Bronwyn and I talking one day <clears throat> about when we were children. And, on, and I'm sure there will be a few of us here who can remember the same kind of thing, you know. Sunday wasn't the Sabbath, it was Sunday. But actually on Sunday we had to do lots of Sabbath-style things. There were only certain books we were allowed to read on a Sunday, you know. We had to read Sunday books. We were not allowed to read anything else. We weren't allowed to play in the garden on Sunday either. Well, my dad used to break that rule quite regularly, but my mother used to get pretty wound up about it. But what I'm saying is, there is a danger that we make a lot of rules and we do not think through why we are doing what we are doing. And this is exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying here. He is saying very clearly, listen, a very strict interpretation of the Sabbath makes people slaves when the rules are actually given to bring us freedom. So what the Lord Jesus Christ says when we are dealing with the Old Testament, in fact when we're dealing with Scripture in general, but particularly the Old Testament, we need to understand clearly the key principles. We don't need to draw laws that are going to inhibit us. And of course he the Lord's very wise, isn't he? You know, when he was dealing with this issue with the Pharisees, he presents their biggest hero, David. And he says, David broke the law. David went into the tabernacle. And David demanded, and he did, bread to eat. And the only bread that was there was the priest's bread. And he ate the priest's bread. <coughs> so he's saying, even the greatest Jewish hero understood the issue is benefit, not, legal, not legalistic regulations. Now, of course, there are lots of other scriptures that we need to take into consideration uh, with regard to these things. We've looked at some of them as we've studied 1 Corinthians. You know, we do have to recognise that our freedom might affect somebody else's conscience. So that has to come into the whole mix as well. But ultimately, we are not law keepers. We are those who are seeking to be obedient to the law. I want us to think of another example. Now, Mark chapter 7, we'll read it in just a moment. And we're going to see, as we read Mark chapter 7, that once again... <coughs> You know, the Pharisees didn't seem to learn, did they? They challenged him in chapter 2, and now they're challenging him in chapter 7. You notice, it's a very interesting challenge. It's the attitude 
to ceremonial washing of hands. And the Pharisees had very intricate laws about this, you know. We had pretty strict laws during COVID, didn't we, of how our hands had to be washed. And I'm sure that many of us still obey those COVID regulations because we recognize the value of what was done. I was with a, uh, a nurse in Romania and uh, she said to me, you know, I am so delighted that we've had these regulations because I've got to be honest, lots of the people that I work with are not very hygiene conscious, but they are now. And she said, I'm praying that that hygiene consciousness will continue. But this wasn't hygiene consciousness. This isn't saying you don't have to wash your hands before you eat. But what it is saying is the very intricate regulations that had been developed. Uh, I did want to read what the intricate regulations were, um, but I can't remember them all. I know it began with having somebody else pour water over your hands. Then there came a washing process. Probably it was the uh, 20 seconds or whatever it is that the COVID pro process involved and so on. And then there was another ceremonial cleansing and so on. The Lord Jesus Christ is very clear that it is Pharisees can believe that if you don't do it their way you're not doing it God's way so let's just notice what the Lord Jesus Christ actually said to them one day some Pharisees and teachers of religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus they noticed that some of his disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of hand washing before eating. Quite interesting how Mark describes that, doesn't he? The Jewish ritual of hand washing. Notice too that these Pharisees were looking at everything that was going on in a critical way. That's a lesson to us. It's very easy to be critical, isn't it? Very easy to see something that we don't like and then to keep on looking for it. That's clearly what was going on here. So the Pharisees and teachers of religious law asked him, why don't your disciples follow our age-old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand washing ceremony we'll notice it doesn't say that they weren't washing their hands i little doubt that they were because it was very much something that happened in the society of their day not only did they get their hands washed they got their feet washed as well didn't they but they weren't doing it the Pharisees' way. That's a challenge, isn't it? So easy for us to develop ways that we expect things to be done. I have to say, 
in some areas that's changed enormously you know and it's changed I observe in many places in the world you know you probably heard Paul tell his story that when he was first in Ukraine in Mukachevo he didn't have to he was told off for wearing a tie uh, before he preached now I have to say they still have that regulation because if you're in Mukachevo today you still have to wear a suit a white shirt but no tie. I didn't have a white, a white shirt when I was there but they accepted me because I was a stranger but I was kind of warned next time you come Roger have a white shirt. Anyway that's a <clears throat> you know we used to have all these kind of rules and regulations. Paul then remember him telling us that when he got to Luhansk he had to wear a tie and you know these regulations used to be big. I have to say Mukachevo is the only place I know in Ukraine where they've still got the regulations running, but I'm sure there's plenty of others. Rules and regulations are here dealt with by the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice how he deals with them. Mark 7 verse 6. Jesus replied, You Hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They wor their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. For you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. Then he said, you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own tradition. For instance, Moses gave you this law from God. Honour your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. But you say, it's all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you let them disregard their needy parents. So, you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own traditions. And this is only one example, notice the word the Lord uses, among many others. So clearly, what the Lord is saying to you and me what he was teaching them, but it's recorded for our learning, is that we have to think very carefully about why we do what we do. He tells us, you know, Isaiah prophesied that God's people would be hypocrites. Why? Because there is the danger that we honour God with our lips but actually our hearts are far from him. We have to ask ourselves what is our heart condition? Why are we actually doing what we are doing? Because there's the huge danger that we will have rules that are man-made. 
there is the danger that we will push aside the commands of God. These are very important and significant things. And the Lord actually gives us, and we didn't read this verse, but the Lord actually gives us a very, some very clear guidance. Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. Brothers and sisters, it's what we do with the information that we take on board. You know, it's very, very possible for us to have a verse for everything and actually have no understanding of what God wants from us. So, we need to think about how we should read Scripture. The Old Testament points towards our coming Saviour. Someone who will save his people from their sins. The Old Testament shows us that Jesus fulfilled it. The Old Testament shows us that God has a beautiful, beautiful plan. And that plan is our Lord Jesus Christ. What the Lord does in Mark's Gospel is actually point out that the Old Testament has got a lot of answers for us. In Mark, in Mark chapter 12, he actually challenges the Pharisees. Didn't you ever read the scriptures? Of course, that was a, a really strong challenge because they, they were reading the scriptures every day. I hope we are. What was the danger that they had when they read the scriptures? It was that they read the scriptures so that it supported their views. They didn't read the scriptures and say, what is the Bible saying to us at this point in time? No, they knew what the Bible was saying. They had determined that. We can be like that as well, can't we? It's a challenge. How do we read the Bible? And, you know, when the Lord makes this challenge, he's got his situation in relation to them in mind. Because he says this, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing and it is wonderful to see. What's the Lord doing? Well, he's quoting from Psalm 118. He's quoting what the psalmist had said Many years before, a psalm they would have read over and over and over again. But they didn't understand when our Lord was here on earth that exactly what they were doing 
was in contravention of what Psalm 119 had laid out. And the challenge, of course, for us is this. We can read the scriptures, can't we? And it have no effect on us at all. Or we can read the scriptures and it have just a marginal effect on us. We all have to challenge ourselves about that issue. Then again, your Lord and mine deals with some of the problem verses of scripture. And he's ready to do so. You know, Psalm 110 and verse number 1 was a big debate amongst the Jewish people. You say, well, what's Psalm 110 verse 1? Well, here it is. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at the place of honour at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them the footstool of your feet. The Lord will extend your powerful kingdom from Jerusalem. You will rule over your enemies. So, here is a prophecy of the great king coming. Yes, it was prophesied in Isaiah and chapter 9, verse 7. So the Jews were waiting for great David's greater son. Your Lord and mine demonstrated that if they had read the scriptures properly, they would have known who was among them. Now, of course, it's very easy for you and me to criticise them, isn't it? Very, very easy. But we have to ask ourselves, are these things true for us? So what are the key lessons? Number one, our Lord believed everything written in the Old Testament. Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the, and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. You see, if the Apostle Paul, if he got a problem, he went back to the Old Testament, as we're going to see tomorrow night. Yes. The Old Testament lays out principles by which we should live. We've already seen the Lord said about the Pharisees that they honour him with their lips, but their hearts are far from him. Jesus focused on the importance of the Old Testament for you and me. For you and me to understand the plan of God. Jesus is the fulfilment of Old Testament prophecy. When there are difficult issues, our Lord was not afraid to address them. So Jesus in the Old Testament, challenging stuff, isn't it? We need to know the Old Testament. Do you know there will be times 
when there is something we really don't understand, we really struggle with. I can actually remember in a Bible study here many years ago when we were studying the book of Esther. Very dear brother, remember him very well, and one or two others here who will remember him. When we got to that really difficult bit at the end of the book of Esther, where Esther demanded a second opportunity to kill those who had sought to uh, destroy the Jews, I remember him saying, she was a bloodthirsty madam. I don't understand it. And I have to say, at the time, I accepted what he said. She was a bloodthirsty madam. But actually, as I've come to think more about it, I actually realise that why Esther wanted to be sure, sure that the enemy was completely destroyed was because she didn't want to make the same mistake as King Saul. King Saul had been told to utterly destroy all the Amalekites and had failed to do it. Oh, he got rid of some of them, but he didn't get rid of all of them. And what Esther was asking for her permission to do was to make sure that all the Amalekites were destroyed as God had promised in Exodus 14. What's interesting you look at Esther's genealogy in Esther chapter 2 and you will discover that she was the relative of King Saul. She came from the same tribe. Kish was in her family tree and God had taken up a woman to do what a man should have done hundreds of years before. So I don't think Esther was a bloodthirsty madam. I think Esther was someone who understood the ways of God in an amazing way and was faithful to them. So, there will be difficulties as we study the Old Testament. Big difficulties. But actually we don't know as we're not we don't know as well as God, do we? And our job is to make sure that we use the Old Testament as our Lord used. Our responsibility is to know that all scripture is God inspired. Let's pray, shall we? Our God and Father, we just come to you and we thank you for your word. And we pray that your word will be real to each one of us, that we will understand it. And our God and our Father, we will seek to follow it. So be with us now, we pray. We ask it in the name of our Lord Jesus.